connecting the many friends and allies of the Doctor, from Totters Lane to Sheffield, the Royal Hope Hotel to San Francisco at the turn of the millennium. We'll be taking a deep dive into each and every companion, exploring their life, their time in the TARDIS, and for some, their adventures without the Doctor. Today, we'll be diving back into New Who and exploring the adventures of Martha Jones and the journey she took with the Doctor. And for the first time, we're joined by a guest to discuss her. We've got Jake with us, who hosts the excellent Married to Who podcast, and if by this point you haven't listened to them, what have you been doing? Go and do that, but not now, preferably after you've listened to this. Uh, but yeah, go and check them out if you haven't, and if you have, you're already going to know how excellent they are. Hi, Jake. Hey. If people haven't heard you and all of you to, on your on your podcast, what are they going to be listening to? Well, it's pretty standard. It's me making my friends watch my favorite TV show. <laughs> One episode at a time to mixed results. That's probably the best way of putting it, I think. It's, it's, I mean, that is not a bad thing. I'm very often surprised by what they think, uh, which is quite fun, actually. Um, <clears throat> and and I mean, if people have... This is me just showing the fact I've listened to all of them. If people have listened to you, I might just <laughs> subtitle this one The Big Banging Special. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lil, just so people know you're here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I do exist, honest. Right. I am actually here. Uh, well, I think just starting off, if people haven't really seen a lot of Who, um, and I know there are people who listen to us who haven't, I mean, as we've got our guest on, do you want to say what you think first, Jake, just in general, about the character? Yeah, so you guys asked me who I wanted to talk about when I came on, and the reason I picked Nartha, Nartha, <laughs> the reason I picked Martha, uh, you know, bangitude aside, is the the thing I like about the companions and why we're on our podcast, our brothers and who, going through all the companions one at a time in Classic Who, is the the creation of a new companion as a reaction to the previous one. And I find that incredibly interesting. And I think the character of Martha when compared to Rose and then when compared to what comes after Martha is fascinating. And then on the other hand, when you make a big change in a show like that, it's really dangerous. And it, the show easily could have just ended when Rose left of course, they had David Tennant, so it's not like a huge gamble. But if the show doesn't work without the Doctor and Rose, then the show could have ended then. And because Martha's such a good character and Freeman's such a good actor, the show kept going and showed that it could keep going without that core dynamic that they had in the first two series. I mean that's pretty. That's far more intellectual than what any of us. Well, I, well, at least what I normally say. But there you go. That's, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. a fair point. It's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I would have just said something like, "Yeah, she's pretty unique compared to what comes before." You've actually hit the nail on the head there, Lil. What do you think of her? Because I'm not. I know you haven't seen. No, I've seen like, all of her episodes. I've seen. A few. I'm not I've sure what you have now. First one. I've seen. Uh, a few, oh god what else is she in she's in Shakespeare Code isn't she and I've seen a few of them the yeah. first time round but we're going back yeah. a little bit and then I revisited <laughs> her somewhat Um, 
I have to say, I, I do really enjoy her. I think that sometimes it's just a bit of a shame that she's still in Rose's shadow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a fair point. That, I think that's the main criticism that she... Like, not criticism, but the main comment that's made about her uh, negatively, mm. I mean, is that she will get... Inevitably, every companion gets compared to what came before. But because... I'm not saying everyone, because I know the people who, who hated it, but a lot of people were invested in the Ten Rose dynamic and relationship. Having someone in who... No, I don't think she was no. ever intended to be like a, a romantic yeah, interest. Yeah, they tried it, didn't they? But there was to that whole degree. unrequited love aspect of it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, th I think it was more... that That's the main character arc that we'll give her for the first half of the season. And it worked to an extent, and then it just... You, you get the point of her actually becoming her own person. But that doesn't... At least to me, I might be wrong doesn't happen until I mean definitely family of blood but maybe a little bit before then I don't know what what you two think because I she does yeah. very often get I mean, like overshadowed as oh she's not as not good as problems, Rose or she, she's she's it's not show, that it's I mean, that she's different sense, and that that's the whole point like moan you know. about Rose not being there and the problem is if you bring if you have that out of in the fandom and people are going well comparing the two but if you have it in the show it's a bit like guys this isn't fair on martha is it come on <laughs> i mean yeah that's the thing i don't know if either of you have them but i've got i read like today because i forgot i had it until this morning the black archive essay on the finale of series three and they touch on that a lot about how she's treated for a lot of it as she just she's just in love with the doctor until it kicks into actually give her a story of her own, let her develop. And yeah, I just think like you say, like you said, Jake, it's it was she was so obviously influenced by what happened with Rose that she, it seemed like we needed to go in a different direction, and they did do that, but also try to keep it similar at the same time well i think the the show and maybe russell t davies in particular wasn't ready to like release that um that like sexual chemistry between the two leads yeah. and just go for a friendship and so i think they're kind of like touching or like just dipping their toe in it because they're not really sure what the fans latched onto in those first two series. And then we see with Donna that he's finally ready to like, let it go. But then of course he can't completely let it go. Cause he also just brings Rose back in that series. <laughs> so it's, it's always there in the Rusty Davies era. And I will disagree with one thing you said there, uh, Ollie, when, when you said that Martha doesn't come into her own until family of blood, I think the reason I like Martha so much is because I don't think her character changes okay. at all. Like, the only change she has is that, you know, she kind of latches onto this dude. And why wouldn't you? He's David Tennant. <laughs> he's a wizard. And he does nothing but save everybody all the time. Like, everybody loves him. And so she releases that and leaves. But what I like about her so much is from the very first episode... She's confident, smart, she runs her family, she 
is affluent. She is just, she doesn't really have any big moment or big change that makes her a good companion or a good person. She just is the whole time and is thrust into weird situations where she has to like act a little differently because, you know, she's in 1914 or whatever it was. But other than that, I don't think her character really goes through any change at all. I mean, that's a fair point. I suppose I'm thinking when I say that, like, there's the there's the scene in Family of Blood where, oh god, no, no, her name's escaping me now. I don't want to just call her like John Smith's love interest because I know she's got a name and I can't remember her name. Oh, um, uh, Nurse Redford, yeah, Joe. where she's a li- just a little bit Isn't racist it? towards Martha. And then Martha shuts her down completely. You've got like big moments like that, but then I see what you mean because, I mean, if you compare—not that you should—but if you compare it to like Rose's opening episode where she is on the back foot for the entire time and she's scared. I mean, that's the—that is gen in general what people discuss think about companions. But yeah, from the opening of Smith and Jones, she is running her family, and then she's pretty yeah. much even she doesn't know what to do. She improvises, which I think yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, I'm I'm very. And easy they do that opening. Wrong. So it's you know, it's a very <laughs> very good point. Well, they they do that opening montage in um, her first episode that I'm blanking on the name of right yeah. now, uh, in direct contrast with Rose, where it starts with like a day in the life of Rose. We get a day in the life of Martha, and they're complete opposites of each other. They live on opposite ends of town. They're you know, Rose seems pretty happy to just work at a shop the rest of her life whereas martha's a student or you know in medical school and every member of her family calls her with their problems because she's the level-headed one in a family full of people who are anything but (laughs) i mean yeah it seems like they've gone for quite an opposite sort of so you had rose who was with no disrespect she was obviously like working class and despite being, I mean, you've got the you've got the scene in Family Blood that I just said about, and there are like the bit in the Shakespeare Code where she mentions the fact she's black. What happens if there's you know uh, if there's any sort of racism involved? Um, but she's more like middle class, I would say. She's more affluent. She's not necessarily smarter, but she's got an education, as it were. It seems like right. they've gone the opposite, and then the family they've done the same thing of like Jackie and. Uh, like Mickey and that sort of they're not completely like level headed and and calm but they are compared to Martha's (laughs) family who are incredibly chaotic that's they they seem to flipped everything and it's it's but I think it works really well to have someone who is confident and does know what to do most of the time and is the one that everyone turns to and still have them as the companion even though they're like I mean Right. She's just used to being relied on. Whereas for Rose, it was something new. And I I don't want to say that the show ever, like, takes any shots at working class or anything. Like, Rose just is working class, but they don't comment on it. They don't say she's, like, lesser or anything. And then with Martha, they're just going a different direction just to show, hey, it works with this also. It's just, I don't... I might be wrong... Because I'm sure this is the sort of thing you'd say and everyone would jump on you on Twitter, but she tends to be overshadowed. She's not necessarily underrated, but she comes between Rose, who was a massive companion, 
and Donna, who was a massive companion. And while she is like genuinely one of my favourite companions, for I think casual viewers, she gets a bit overlooked. So it's, it's just nice. To, yeah, I'd say you're absolutely right. Even outside of her series, when she shows up for those three episodes in series four, in the two-parter, she's a clone <laughs> for most of it. She's not even really there. And then in The Doctor's Daughter, she's separate from the rest of the group and just kind of has her own little story. But it's about Jenny, yeah. and it's about the Doctor coming to terms with that. And then even in her three Torchwood episodes, which I watched today, that's Owen's story, yeah. is those three episodes. And she's just there for no reason other than Owen's going to be down, so we need a different Doctor. Yeah, that's essentially what... I mean, I'm trying to... Th- yeah, sorry, Lil. <laughs> oh what is it it's a reset well spoilers for yeah, anyone yeah, it's, the reset drug. <laughs> it's when owen quote unquote dies and then yeah it's that whole story of him and then the, the uh the death I'm smoke monster that. going after everybody yeah that's the thing is well she's she comes into it I, I didn't either when I watched it today. <laughs> I had no recollection I mean, of it. This, um, yeah. <laughs> it's been a very long time since oh, I've watched well, she, those. Yeah, she, gets, she comes in, <laughs> deals with the fact, oh, Owen dies, she's still, and then very easily just like, right, I'm, gonna, I'm gone now. Essentially, it's a quick goodbye and she's yeah. like no longer mentioned. Is it, yeah, that, yeah. And uh, with, in the first episode mm. of that trilogy, she's completely apart from the rest of the group, other than I when she comes in and mind. is introduced. <laughs> then she goes off on like this infiltration mission <laughs> And she is very... So I wonder if they brought her in to kind of give the rest of the cast a week off or something. If that was like their <laughs> whole... their essential, like, their Doctor Light episode, as it were. Just like, get someone else Yeah, in. but it's the everyone light episode, except for Martha. Yeah. Which is fine, and clearly Rusty Davies or the production liked Freema and respected her because, you know, she was going to be in Sarah Jane, but yeah. it ended up not working out with the timing. And I can't remember where I saw it. I want, it might have been in Russell T. Davis's book mm. where he says he wanted Martha to be like the connection to like the greater Doctor Who universe. You know, if those shows would have continued on, Sarah Jane and Torchwood, yeah. that she would just pop up here and there and everything. So that would have been really And cool. then, you know, even, <laughs> yeah, and she would have just been like the connector to let everyone know that this is all one shared universe. Yeah. But then, you know, I think Freema got uh, Law and Order UK. Yes. And then it all kind of fell apart. I mean, yeah, I think that's... That would have been cool, but it's also a bit like... It, it, um, I would have loved to and Sarah Jane, but it's also nice that we got the Brigadier. It's nice we got other... But right. that would have worked really well. I feel, I don't know if... I know you said you, you had it. Have you heard the big finish, Torchwood, one that she was in? Yeah, I listened to it the other day while fixing my oven. It was <laughs> Yeah, I, I listened to it like, for the first time the other day. It's... I think that would have been that sort of just put her in a situation in which she knows what she's doing and let her run with it for a bit instead of even on who even on the main show she gets a bit like most she gets her own thing to do but I think it would have worked to have a proper like the the Doctor Light episode they did which you know Blink was is it don't get me wrong it's an excellent episode but that was both of them if they'd done a Doctor Light one where it was her by herself, and I know that 
uh, Last of the Time Lords kind of did that, but one that wasn't the finale. And so this is the it's the last time you'll see her for a few episodes. We're just going to give her the, give her a um, drop her in the middle of something in the middle of the series. That would have worked really well, I think. Well, and I think you're onto something there because there is, you know, with that finale, with the Family of Blood two-parter, and with her stuff in series four, it seems like in her stories, she's alone or at least away from the Doctor and his part of the story a lot. And I don't know if that's just they trust Freema to essentially carry the show by herself (laughs) for a while or if it's just a coincidence that that's how those stories worked out. Um. But yeah, that Torchwood big finish is called Dissected, if yes. anyone wants to listen to it. Uh, well, spoilers for later on. That is what we're going to be using as our prize for the quiz when we do the quiz, because I've got a download copy. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I did listen to it the other day in prep for this for the first time, and it is, yeah. it is excellent. Yeah, I haven't had I the chance you know, to sorry. really listen. <laughs> I haven't oh, had the chance, so but it is really good. I remember it vaguely. I need to listen to it again, because the Torchwood ranges are excellent anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to go into... Well, it's nice for the two of them to be together, just to hear yeah. those two characters that... Like, I I didn't realize until I listened to it how much I miss Eve oh, Miles. Yeah. And now I might go watch that show of hers that's just wrapping up right now, just because oh, I want to I keep her. needing... I keep... I go, oh, I'll watch that, and then I'll forget about it. Yeah, I've forgotten. I, really need I need to, watch to do that, that and all. <laughs> okay, so I just literally, as I listened to it earlier, I did not realize there's a, there's a film with Eve Miles and Freema in. Is there? I really want to watch yeah. that. It, it's a vam- uh, It's called Eat Locals. It's a vampire. It was on horror. It was on the horror channel the other day. I didn't record it because I didn't think it sounded any good. If I'd known they were in it, I would have watched it. <laughs> that's my Very logic. Very annoying. But they're both playing vampires, and I'm just like, that's my that logic. is going to be cool. Yeah, that's but generally my logic. It's funny because <laughs> they do that. Um, those interviews after the big finish yeah. stories, and when in Freema's interview, she talks about that movie. She's like, oh yeah, we were in a movie together. It was great. And then when Eve talks about it. She goes, "Oh, we're in this really bad movie together." <laughs> like, for doesn't need to put that qualifier I mean, in there, but does, and it's that's hilarious. why I didn't record it. I was like, if I'd known there, I would have watched it regardless. But oh well, I'll have to find it. This is like, <laughs> anyway, I think this is what we do. We just keep talking. We get sidetracked off the actual point. Um, yeah, frequently. Every, damn. At least with damn, and damn, this is not damn. criticism, Lil. At least with New Who, there's less actors that have been in. You know, Blake Seven and everything else. There, friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll find. Well, no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going. I was going to say Gareth Thomas was in torture, but we're not going to get into that. <sighs> <laughs> Just stick to '60s companions yeah. for a while, because most of them never worked again after <laughs> Doctor Who. It's really easy. I mean, it's it's sad, but you're not wrong. Ah, oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, and then we get Peter Purvis and Blue Pierre. Anyway, we're getting off the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're talking about Martha in Big yes. Finish, that dissected, I will say, while listening to it, I really didn't like it. Because Martha is jaded and cynical in it, and I didn't I didn't like that. Because I, I didn't think it matched with her character. Listening to the interview afterwards, and you know, I probably should have put this together myself, <laughs> and realizing that it was like her transition from working with Unit to going freelance yeah. and into whatever she's doing when we see her with Mickey at the end of uh, end of time, Russell yeah. D- Russell T Davies era, the that finale. 
I guess someone saw a gap there and decided we need a reason for Martha to be fed up with you and yeah. want to leave. And so she is kind of a bummer in a lot of that story <laughs> until it like really kicks off in the last 20 minutes and they have to work together and do stuff. But that the first 30, 40 minutes, I was a little bummed out. I mean, you're not, I had the same reaction once I, once I clicked and they mentioned, um, like when I don't, re- I don't want to spoil too much in case people haven't listened to it, but, and they mentioned her friend who needs to like get away as well. And like, you click that that was Mickey and then it clicked where they were in the timeline. But yeah, it do- it's a bit like, she's just not very happy that like, compared to Martha in the show. And don't get me wrong. There are episodes where she is miserable because of everything that's happened to her, not like physically, but like family yeah. of blood. She's not very happy in it. Last of time lords, God, I no one would be happy in that situation. So, but it's yeah, it's such a departure from what we're used to in the show. Even in Torchwood, she's still quite yeah. bubbly. Yeah, and I was kind of expecting her to be a little darker when I watched rewatched that today, just because the tone of the show and having just listened to this big finish, I was like, oh, they must that must have come from there, and it didn't really. She's kind of unchanged almost. Uh, but yeah, that there's a difference between being like having gone through a hard time and being cruel. And there's a moment or two where she is cruel to Gwen. Yeah, there's those. I mean, they do. They still give her the empathy in the heart that she had in the show. But it's the there's a line about, oh, which one? Of, it, she doesn't say it, but the, the, the undercurrent is like, which one of you idiots programmed this machine wrong? And then it turns out it was mm-hmm. Tosh and it's an instant like. Oh, undercut of everything. Yeah, they both just yeah. stop. But it's, I I like it in that it reveals more about her because you you don't really know what happened between. You know, at the end of series three, she's going off to do her own thing. By series four, she's I mm-hmm. think she's, is she engaged? She's not. She doesn't actually marry that doctor, does she? She just gets engaged. And right. then that kind of fills in the gap between her, that, and then her being married to Mickey by the end of series four. But for, for some, some reason, reason. Yeah, just... yeah, I was going to say, how did they meet? I'm probably being stupid, I, but I don't I mean, know. I think the assumption that you have to make, I might be wrong, is that at the end of series four, where Mickey leaves with Jack and Martha, he... Did so- something happen there? I, we're never going to oh, get that story now. But that's regardless. In the show, yeah. then. Oh, no, it's just like oh, oh they're okay. gone off together. <laughs> the last time we saw them, they were together. Jack's not going to get involved in that. We might as well just pair up. This wouldn't he? To be, he, yeah, I disagree. He the show wouldn't show us Jack getting involved in that. I will. I will link you to some oh, fan dear. fiction. Oh dear. Of that exact oh, thing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, literally, I just, not just, I've listened to your last one that you brought out, and you mentioned fan fiction on that one as well, about the, um, the master and the doctor. I was like, oh, really? No. How much are you reading into this, Jake? <laughs> when I when I first, like, made my Twitter account for the podcast and was interacting with Doctor Who people, that's the first people that I interacted with was fan fiction writers, and they're all just horny <laughs> and just writing salacious but well-written uh fad fiction that hey i mean fair, fair enough you... i'm not going to judge him for it but even so um <laughs> yeah oh, what was it i was reading um it was in the black archive book about it. uh yeah they call it pairing off the spares and it was just essentially what they've done they've got like 
Rose oh, has got yeah. this storyline. Don has got this. Oh, those two can just end up together because that's the end of their story. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, you don't have to literally wrap up absolutely everything when leaving yeah, the show. Exactly. You could have said, oh, they're off doing their own thing, and then we could have just learned about it someone else. They could have brought, they've done what they've done with Jack and brought him back in. And so, oh, I did this thing, and we're not going to mention it again. It's just happened. But we are never going to get that story exploring what happened between those two now. Uh, I, well, I doubt very much, but um, it would be a nice area to look into. Well, now for sure, no one's ever going to write no. about uh, Mickey no. again. No. Oh, well. Yep, um, but that's it. Is it's nice that at least the big finish kind of bridged the gap a little bit, and they got this is this is how that happened, or at least how that started. But yeah, it's um, we've just jumped straight to the end of her story. If we go back to like <laughs> where we haven't actually touched <laughs> yeah. upon, because we talked about Smith and Joe, and I think, I mean, you do have the unrequited love thing, but that kind of, I think, by Family of Blood, that's written out because she sees that. John Smith very quickly falls for Joan, which kind of shows the and there's that whole scene about the cruelty of how, of what the Doctor did. Um, but I think even before then, yeah. you've got the things of her going, "This isn't going to work out. Why am I?" And then it she get, that gets dropped quite drastically by the end of it. Yeah, up to that point in Family of Blood, she can kind of convince herself that oh he's it's because i'm human and he's not and that's just a weird thing that can never actually happen and then she sees it happen and she's like oh it really is just me (laughs) yeah essentially that's just and like because he he is as they always he is an alien he's not gonna he's gonna get things wrong he's not gonna but he obviously he's not doing it to be cruel but it is a bit cruel you see that his treatment of her, that's why like a lot of it gets discussed like as if it is. And I know it's like trying to say, Oh, he's he's an alien, he doesn't really but Yeah. He ob- he very yeah. obviously understood relationships from the whole Rose relationship. So it's like trying to picture it in a way that's still it's a bit cruel of him to do that. I think. I like to refer to David Tennant's doctor during that time as a coward when it comes to his emotions. See, there's like four episodes where he has a chance to say how he feels about Rose and he doesn't. Like, School Reunion, Satan Mm -hmm. Pit, um, the finale where he knows how long two minutes is. He could have said he loved her. He was... He's a time He He knows what he's doing. Yeah. 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 Like, you see Peter Capaldi in Heaven Sent snapping his fingers the whole episode because he's keeping time. He knows exactly how long time is. Uh, and it's the same with Martha. Like, there's so many times, like, in Family of Blood where she professes her love to him, and he just pretends it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, he's too big of a coward to sit down and have a conversation about feelings because he just doesn't know how to do it. And he's just constantly avoiding her glances. He knows they're there. He does it in her finale when they're in that warehouse with Jack where he's like, yeah, it's like when uh, you're in love with someone but they don't know you exist. And then he just watched, he knows exactly what he's saying. Because I didn't, I didn't remember it until I read the Black Archive book, but there's a, they say it's in um, 42, where she, she's paired off with that, I can't remember the character's name, but she's paired off with one of the astronauts mm-hmm. and they've got a couple of moments and she like kisses him goodbye. She walks back in the top and the doctor just looks at her 
and she apologizes and it's a bit like it seems just a little <laughs> bit manipulative like i'm not going to talk about your feelings at all but i've seen you kiss somebody else i'm going to look upset at you and make you feel guilty about it i i did interpret that scene a little differently cuz she walks in and says something glib and he's just been through the trauma yeah. of having that son demon inside that of him fair. and so he's still he's still a little shook and so she says oh sorry and he's like yeah okay and then he kind of brightens up and comes around yeah it's just not it's, it's good to see other people's opinions really but i think most people do have the yeah. the view of like he doesn't treat her very well at that aspect but i think she does get she gets really good treatment on the show as a character like a development and everything but yeah there's mm-hmm. there's still like parts of it that we're not so much of a fan of yeah even even from the jump she's in the series two finale as a different character <laughs> and they're all just like we like her and she doesn't do anything in that story so they must just like being around her. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I, I don't know if it came from the book or not. I read like three novels before this. It's one of the they call them quick reads. They're like a hundred pages, but there's a Cyberman story that Terence Dix did, and it's. I think it, I might be wrong, but I think it came from that book where she mentions like in passing. Oh yeah, I had a cousin who, you know, was at Canary Wharf, um. But it's never brought up in the show. But that's the is it? It, it is. It's oh. in Smith and Jones. Yeah. I've heard that somewhere. Either that, or I've yeah it forgotten it. Show, definitely, yeah. I've heard that. I re- I re- Oh. Yeah, in Smith and Jones, yeah, they're having a conversation about aliens, and Martha yeah. says, "You know, a year ago, I wouldn't have believed it, oh, but yeah. look at what happened at Canary Wharf." And then she says, "I had a cousin, Adiola," mm. and then the Doctor says, "Oh yeah, I was there." Yeah. It's just like it's. It's just seem a little bit like, oh, we've had her on. She was a really good actress. Let's bring her back and just have another. But it's, I'm glad they did because yeah. obviously she works so well with all the cast. Uh, but it's just, I mean, just notice we've gone over. Um, yeah, we've got, we'll circle back to do this. I've just seen a tweet that applies to what we're talking about, but we'll circle back to it in a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, from the beginning, from series two, and then from she's very much. There is that, but I think. I think the unrequited love storyline deals with the doctor and the way he treats people as well. She gets her own like growth, and like you said, she doesn't change as drastically as Rose does from being quite sheltered to being the person who's at the end of series two. But the things she does are bigger. And she's like much. Her, what she accomplishes is more than not that she would have done nothing as a doctor, but like by the end of series three, she's the same character, but she's gone through so much. I think her development is yeah. really good. Yeah, she has growth through experience yeah. rather than growth as like a, you know her character or personality going through any changes. I mean, she literally, her family is destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and she, her reason for leaving is, I have to be with them. They're very fragile <laughs> right now. And it's the first thing um, Jack asks her when they're alone in Torchwood is, how's the family doing? Because he was there yeah. with them when it happened. It's I really like their relationship as well. Because it seems like instantly they're pretty good friends. Even though, you know, you've got every scene that Jackson is him flirting with somebody, but you've got that little bit and then it's very much, 
I want to just know about this person. I think she's she's like that with a lot of different characters, where she just wants to get to know them. Yeah, just you know, it's it's, uh, it's different to to Rose, and she's as much as we discussed it in her episode, and she's a little bit of arrogance there. Martha is very much open, and she's like, oh what can I learn from this situation or what can I do to help this person? Uh, the Daleks in Manhattan two-parter, where she just, she's so empathetic to everyone, uh, even like this, the pig slaves and the stuff like that, where you'd get someone like, I, I've, I think it'd be a very different story if, if it was Rose involved. So I think the... Well, Rose would have died <laughs> because there's no chance she would have come up with that like metal pipe lightning conductor to take out the True. Daleks. No offense to Rose, but not a well, chance. That's the thing is you've got a companion. Now I'm not going to say she's as intelligent as the doctor, but she's definitely intelligent in a different way. She's more, she's, yeah, yeah, she's, she's a, scientist. a scientist. Exactly. We haven't we had a scientist for a while. Had we? So it's, it's good to pair them up. Yeah, you guys just did your Liz Shaw episode. Yeah, right? I think was was she the last? Technically, Adric, I suppose. He's more mathematician. Mathematician. Yeah. I mean, you had Romana, but she's not. Yeah, human. exactly. <laughs> Didn't Nissa know bits and bobs? True, true. But even so, was she a long time? Yeah, I, I don't I know enough remember, about Nissa. I'm, I'm sure I'll I remember do. her knowing bits of science, but maybe I'm talking bollocks. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I can never hear her talk over <laughs> Tegan whining. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think that was... She was probably the last one we had, so that's a good, what, 20-odd 20, 20 years since they had the last... Yeah. It's it's just nice to have someone who is... Now, like, Rose is smart, but that's, I think that's the difference between the two, is Rose is smart and Martha's intelligent. Martha's got education and she's got scientific training. Whereas Rose is more intuitive and like reactive, so it's like even yeah yeah, and on top of that, Martha also has ambition <laughs> yeah, and so like her, it's not just that she's smart, but that she wants to learn things, and uh, you know people since we're on Martha, I wanted to bring this up. People always rag on Martha's mom for being like the worst of the mom characters. I mean, I'm mm. gonna. S- I'm going to stand up for Jacqueline a little bit here. Is that her name in the show, Jacqueline? Uh, mm. What's her name? That could be way off. I have to look it up. Um, Francine. But, uh, Francine. Francine, you're right, yep. Um, but oh, is Jacqueline Donna's That's mom? the actress. Or is that yes, the, actor's the actress' name? Yeah, you're right. Uh, but from if you're looking at it from her point of view, she's just coming off a divorce. Yeah. Her oldest daughter is a loser who like kind of falls into a nice job because the master's manipulating their family. Uh, and her youngest daughter is like the good one. She's at this point in her life where she's just about to finish school and just about to like get over that hurdle and begin a great life. And instead this dude shows up at the 11th hour, sweeps her off her feet and takes her away from everything. And then you get a government official approaching her at a party saying, that's a bad guy. You should be careful of him. What else is she supposed to do? I mean, that is, that's, I mean, that was something I wanted to bring up as well, is, is her family and how they, by, oh, what is it, is it 42? Is one, I think it's 42, where it seems like when they are helping um, 
the, the master out. At that point, we don't know who it is at that point, but we know it's somebody bad because of just the fact it's yeah. loads of government officials with wiretapping equipment and, you know, sunglasses and suits, which is always a bad sign. But, yeah, it's... I mean, I, I would say that Sylvia Noble isn't the best either. Um, oh, yeah. Don't let don't let me go off <laughs> on my Sylvia Noble rant. She's like the biggest saint of all of oh, them. Oh god, it's um, oh god, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, she gets a lot of criticism. But I think <laughs> Martha's story is is so intimately tied to her family and the way that her family get treated. So it's it's um. I mean, you wouldn't really have got that again. Going back to Rose or. I think Jackie, if Jackie had been cornered by a government official, she probably would have just told, told him to, you know, leave in less nice terms. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fair point, really. I, I think... What do you think of that aspect of the show during Russell T. Davis's era? And, you know, a little bit more here and there, but not so much in the Moffat era, maybe a little with the fam now. That That family element of the story... And having more Earth-based stories so that you can have those family members in it. Versus, you know, you guys are both classic Who fans and it was non-existent then. I mean, I, it's so different. It's, I think, it, to me, it's the thing that... Not necessarily... It's not the big difference, but it is a big difference between the two, like I've just said. Um, I like it. I don't know whether I prefer... I don't know if I do prefer it because it gives them more depth to their to the characters. If you oh, if I know that this character's got a family, or if I know that, because I think Tegan and Joe and a couple of others say, "Oh, I've got like an aunt, or I've got an uncle, or I've got parents somewhere." Being able to physically see this is their family and it's affected them in this way, it gives a lot more depth to the story and to the characters. I think with Mar- especially by the end of series three, with Martha's family and all they go through, you can see the effect that it has on more than just the Doctor and the companion. Gives it more round. I don't know what you think, Lil. Given you have, we I haven't let you really get a word in edgeways. Um, no, that's all right. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it. It depends for me, really, because I don't know. Sometimes I think it works better than others, and I think if it's if it is sort of interesting and has a good kind of impact on the story, but then you know you don't want to get to that point where it becomes more about them than it does about the Doctor. Although it's interesting to have them there, I think. It depends. Yeah. I think you've got to have the right balance of yeah. both, is what I would say. But I don't. I've. I can't really remember enough about Martha particularly. But in terms of, I think it done fairly well. Yes. I think that's because of Camille Kaduri. Yeah. Like, I'll take a whole series of just the two of them running around. I keep meaning to listen to a short trip she did for Big Finish, which I, I've heard are really good, yeah. but I haven't got around to it yet. I think, is it... Is Series 3 the one where the family connections are the most important? I, to the story, I mean. like Because Jackie and Mickey, 
they're in a lot of series one and two, but they're more th- up until I think you get the whole Pete's world thing. They're more there for reactions and for like to to show that there is a family. And Sylvia, I know what you know. She gets a, a fair bit to do. Wilf, I I don't think of him as Donna's family. I think of him as a companion in his own right, who happens to be Donna's family. So I think Martha's family is the one which has the most, both has the most impact on the plot and the plot has the most impact on because it affects them so much. I mean, Jackie and Mickey never... Yeah, I think with those other two companions, their families are there to kind of show you where the character's coming from. Um, Whereas in Martha's family, they're they're there to drive the plot and get us to a point and they're the reason she leaves yeah i mean that's what was those i had a point one of the few points i'd written down um yeah she's the only companion who leaves at least in that era of her own accord and that the family is such an important part i think it's a combination of realizing she's not second best like she does in her speech wanting to look after her family and knowing they need her there and being a little bit not disillusioned but like I've just gone through this incredibly traumatic year that no one else can remember apart from my family I I need somebody to talk to about it it's just yeah I think it's um, it's quite interesting that even like Rose didn't want to leave even though she knew that all of her family would be stranded in another dimension Donna didn't want to leave, but yeah. that wasn't that was a different sort of situation. Martha leaves because of her family. And I think that's quite an important distinction. Yeah. And that that's yeah, that's one of the reasons I like to compare the companions. It's, it is so hard, like you said earlier, to talk about a companion without comparing them to what came before and what came after. And yeah, that's a huge part of it is you know, we like to say on our podcast that Rose like did good things and like took control in situations, but it was always motivated by her trying to get back to the doctor. Like in the finale of series one, she wasn't ripping the TARDIS apart so that she could go kill all the Daleks and save humanity. She just wanted to get back to the doctor. And then in human nature or not human nature in, um, Satan pit, she is wrestling together all those, mining people or astronauts and again only to get to the doctor she does not care at all about this demon killing everybody she will gladly sacrifice every person on that crew (laughs) to get to the doctor that's that's the thing it's it's very much trying not again trying not to compare them which is what we seem to be doing rose wants to help because she wants to help the doctor martha wants to help because she wants to help I think that's the yep. that's one of the main differences between them. Although this really weird thing happened, I was rewatching um, the Dalek two-parter, Daleks in Manhattan, and it was the first time I ever watched it with headphones on. And when they're in Hooverville, and the Doctor's been taken by the Daleks, so he's up in the Empire State Building, he tells Martha to stay behind because these people need physical help. They need someone with medical training. And her and the other kind of main supporting cast 
have discovered something and they know how to get to the doctor. And with headphones on, I could hear a woman in the background go, help, my boy needs help. Someone come help. He needs help. And they're all ignoring her. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of of pokes a hole in my theory Mm. there, but it was the only time I ever noticed it and it made me laugh out loud. I mean, that's a fair point. I I did not know that. That's a, a good point. Although you can kind of do it as... Was would it be more important to potentially stop this like world-ending threat or to help this one person? But I think that's the point of Martha's character. She tries to do both a lot of the time. She will try and stop yeah. whatever's happening, but she will care about helping the individual people as well. Mm. I think everything, not every single episode, but pretty, well, pretty much every episode, she finds somebody that she attaches to and who she has empathy for. Uh, she gets kidnapped in gridlock. Like she gets kidnapped at gunpoint and <laughs> yeah. then just starts feeling sorry for these people and decides to help them. So it's, it's a bit, I think if that had been Rose or Donna, they both would have kicked off. Yeah, probably. But I think Martha did just, that's the difference is she is not that the other two aren't kind or aren't empathetic or aren't helpful, but, her first response is to see what she can do to help people. Whereas I think Donna would be Donna would help, but she'd make a point of moaning about it in the best possible way. And Rose would possibly just have a fight. And it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rose would have murdered both yeah. those people. Uh, <laughs> and all their little kids. No, um... <laughs> Martha also has the idea to, like, shut the engine off yeah. and power down. So that they can hide from the macro, which I don't think any of the other two companions we're talking about would have done. Um, Donna would have just yelled at everybody <laughs> until they acquiesced. Yeah, it's fair. But yeah, she, again, going back to the fact that she's a scientist, like she has a general understanding, even though she's, you know, a doctor or going to be a doctor, she has a general understanding of how a lot of things work. Yeah. But I think it's a. They could very easily have leaned into that more, but then made it her characteristic that that's her character. She's a scientist. She's a doctor. That she's got that, and then so much more as well. I think in um, yeah, I'm sure it happens more than just in Utopia, but the the bit in Utopia where the doctor's off with Yana and they're all they're nerding out over all the science, she pairs off with with Chantho and just listens and empathises and I think you, you get the feeling she could very easily go and find some something to do to help them but she just she just takes the time to listen which I think that's what the companion needed to do at that point because the doctor I mean he is empathetic but he's also very much the one who goes oh I'll go and do this big important flashy thing Whereas you need the companion yeah. to be the one who, not only the audience empathizes with, but who empathizes with the other the other characters. Yeah, trying to think of other examples. There's the Doctor's yeah. daughter, where she's off with that half the whole yeah. time, and she she it's her whole purpose of being in that story is to give us an in to the other side of the war and seeing their point of view. I. I I was going to say, when you mentioned earlier where she just gets like written off with a side character, like, gets her own story away from everyone else. 
if you had taken her out of that story and said, oh, well, that's, Donna can do that role and you just have the Doctor and Jenny paired up, that would have been a very different story <laughs> to have Donna with this character she cannot yeah. understand. She doesn't speak the language and she's just fed up with. Martha tries and she... And you... I think you get that, that she is... One of her defining characteristics is that she is empathetic and she tries to help for the sake of it. Like I've said, it's... um. You don't always get that in certain companions. So it's it's she's so much more than just being like, Oh, I, I I'm gonna go and talk to this person because I care about this person, but that right. is one of her big things, I think. Now you've just got me thinking, what would that story have been like if her and Don had switched <laughs> places? Because like Donna's role is to empathize with Jenny yeah. and talk the doctor into accepting her. And kind of, like, guide him towards that. And I think Martha could have done that part just fine. But now Donna doing the other part, that would have been... She, she just would have let them drown fun. immediately. <laughs> <Just wouldn't... laughs> oh, well, basically. As soon as she falls in, she's like, come help me. I don't care if you live or die. <laughs> that's the thing. Not to speak back, but the thing is, that's the thing. It's It's... Every... I think the only episode in which she doesn't have someone like that is Blink because she's only in it for a few a few minutes. And even then she's trying she's the one who's trying to like translate all of the gibberish that the doctor's talking and complains that it's his fault. Uh which it is. But, you know, that's the only time you see her where she's just fed up with something he's done, I think. Maybe at the start of Sam to drums actually I think maybe because she she has a, that's that scene where he goes oh like don't contact your family and she just turns on and screams at him that she'll do what she wants to do yeah which I think that would have worked really for any of that of the RTD companions but Rose would I don't know Rose wouldn't have wanted yeah. to call anybody Donna probably would have wanted to call Wilf but not her mum but that works quite well. If Martha, just, no, no, I have to do this, even if I don't think it's a good idea. It's this is a sort of combination of doing something because it's the right thing to do, and doing something because she feels she has to do it. But it's the, like I said earlier, she's underrated because she's between two big people, but she's equally just as important and just as, just as big. Uh, of a companion just doesn't get as much attention I don't think yeah I think part of that is it's not the best season no. or series um, Lily where do you place series 3 in new who context if you had to rank them 3 uh, well, I've seen all of it key question um <laughs> I mean, probably somewhere in the middle, I should imagine. I, if I was rating it, I don't. I don't think I'd place it right at the top for me personally. But at the same time, it wouldn't be at the bottom for me either, because it's mm -hmm. certainly not bad by any stretch. I don't think. Yeah, I think it takes a while to get going. Yeah, but it has, the second half's pretty strong. What would 
we literally had a tweet just uh, yeah we had a tweet a little I think the latest one we had from from James Courtney at Mr J Courtney uh, yeah Martha was undeserved un- underserved by the writing uh, deliberately overshadowed her with Rose didn't properly join the TARDIS until the end of series six which is half a series and she he makes it real and compelling despite that but yeah it's a fair point it takes half of the series before she actually officially becomes a companion because you've got that oh I'll take you on one trip and that's yeah. to, that's Shakespeare then Gridlock no is it the other way around is it Gridlock no it's Shakespeare's the second one isn't it yeah. yeah, Shakespeare, Gridlock, and Lazarus. then... Isn't it? Daleks in Manhattan. Manhattan. I think that one's, like, accidental. They weren't supposed yeah. to go there. And then, yeah, then it's the end of Lazarus, isn't it? Where she just goes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm either coming with you because you want me, or I'm staying home. It's not a... Oh, I'll, I'll take you on for one more trip as a reward for, like, helping out this time. But, yeah, it takes half of the series before she's officially invited on. Yeah, 42 is the first episode, and that's episode yeah. 7. It's just... Yeah, it's... She is... It's Do you think that'd be cool if they did that for a season? Just, like, have a companion for two episodes, grab a different one? Two or three episodes, grab a that's different one? That's either going to work fantastically, or really, really drastically fail. Um, You'd need a really strong doctor. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, now you said that, I kind of want to see that series but with joe martin because that would work i think you're right that's a good call i mean as i mean i've done six pages for your episode on fugitive by the way (laughs) Um, (laughs) as dark as she is you can imagine that she'd have a companion and then they'd get like horrifically killed off and you go all right uh, i'll have somebody else (laughs) this time then from the little that we've seen her, but that would work really. I don't know what. Mm. What do you think, Lil, of having I like mean, a revolving yeah, cast for a season or two? Finish has done a little bit, as we know, of having these companions for maybe two or three stories each, as we said with Oliver Harper. Mm-hmm. So I think it works, but you've got to have the yeah. right to, and the right comp- companion to latch on to immediately. I think. Yeah, and, and you're right. Maybe that is a better way. Have a doctor and a main companion and then, like, a second companion for a couple and then maybe grab another person. Because I, I really enjoyed that Oliver Harper series. I never would have listened to it if I didn't listen to your guys' <laughs> podcast. And that that was really cool. I I hadn't listened to it before. It was Lily's idea. It was a, it's, it's a really good set. But, yeah, we've already spoiled it on our last one, so I'll spoil it in this one just... But I will say, I'm about <laughs> to spoil it. If if you did what you what they did with that, and they just brought somebody on, gave them a quite yeah. tight but succinct arc, and then go, yeah. they're dead now. <laughs> Let's oh, get somebody else. Are we? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was not... Right. If I disappear, it's because I'm turning the light on. Um, yeah, if you have... It's gonna. It, it'd work really well, but it'd be a sudden, very drastic shift because who was the last one we had actually killed off? Because Bill was technically killed off, but she survived. Clara was technically killed off, but she uh, survived. The last companion Pines were technically killed, killed off, off, but they died yeah. of old age. Would it be? Would it be Adric? Probably, yeah. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, let's bring something. I don't want it to happen because if they do it right, it's going to be heartbreaking. But yeah, bring somebody see, in. I, I, and I then did kind of want that. I, I just think as a surprise have... halfway through a season. Yeah, or we a do few, need to have a companion. Like a few episodes in, just episode three, episode four, kill them off and bring we, somebody we else on. <laughs> really wrong for everyone. <laughs> well, I think I think the important thing is that you have one complete story over a number of episodes, all written by the same person. Yeah. So, so it's like one vision instead of like the way the series works now, where the showrunner writes the first couple episodes, maybe one in the middle, and then a two-part mm. finale, and then there's all these other episodes sprinkled throughout. Just have a three-episode story all written by someone, yes. doesn't matter who it is, yes. and just have <laughs> a character that gets a beginning, middle, and end in their journey, whether they die or just, you know, become the king of some other planet. <laughs> yes. That would be, that would be good. Thing is, oh. That, that was a Steven reference for Lily, because I know she was <laughs> It's just, oh. That would, I, having said that, I did, I did read uh, a Martha novel that was by Simon Garrier. So, I mean, has he, has he, Lil, you'll know. He hasn't written for the show, has he? He's only written for Big Finish and novels. I think, or has he written for the show? I don't think he's written for the show. As it's far not familiar, as I'm so aware, I don't think he is. I mean, bring him on. He's a brilliant writer. He bring, is, him on, totally. bring him on and do a trilogy like he's done with yes, Oliver Harper. Just yes. do a single, like, that'd be worth it. That'd be good. Oh, yes. Just, oh. I mean, very often that comes up on Twitter, bring in the big Finnish writers on Doctor Who and see what they would do. I would like to see that, to be honest. But yeah, I, I think that'd be a good idea. Even even if you don't kill them off. I mean, killing them off would be drastic and it'd be a surprise. But even if you wrote them out completely, you'd want... I think that'd be... A, even if you did, like, 12 episodes and it was four different companions and they all had their own trilogy or, like, nine episodes and then you brought somebody back. That would be a really good idea, which I think would work quite well. Well, then you could end with the big Avengers style <laughs> te- yeah. team up yeah. where they you go pick them all up and you're like, okay, guys, we need you. Let's go do this. And it'd be either the Daleks or the Cybermen again because you know that's the it's a, the last. Oh, is it twelve? Bring bring them both. Yeah, they've only done that once, surprisingly. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Throw the master in yeah, there. That would work. I kind of want that to be... I, I don't know who I was talking to. It might have been... Elliot. I'm trying to think now. Um, but it's about doing like a Five Doctors style for the 60s where they just bring back everyone they can. Not have much of a storyline, but just go, sod it, let's bring everyone back. Put them, pair them up with whoever and it'd work really well, I think. I mentioned the Master, so I had to send you a picture oh, that I got Oh, that's showing off. That's yesterday. not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, I sent him a. I got a signed picture from Sasha Dewan yesterday in the mail. From the Time Meddlers on Twitter. I didn't have the money, so I'm just, you know, sulking. <laughs> I did get. I was. I thought people in the UK got them weeks ago. Oh, it was a, it was a yeah, while ago. Mine remember, yeah, mine came probably a few weeks ago and has disappeared somewhere into the void that is my stuff. Which means it could be anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I have yeah. got an Elizabeth Sladen one, oh, so I'm happy. I'm not jealous. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm... You know, there's... Have you ever looked at that eBay auctions by Celestial Signings? Yes. 
Um, I got a couple good ones off there, like um, Katie Manning, um, Caroline Ford, and there was one they did recently that had a Joanna Lumley that went for quite a bit of money, and I was very much willing to spend every nickel I have on it, and I just forgot that when the auction was ending, and I didn't yeah, bid on it. Yeah, I think we've all done that, to oh. be honest. Or got outbid at the last second. Me and both know what that's like. And... <laughs> when she signed it, she signed it the it the really real was. first woman doctor. Which is why I shouldn't uh, be allowed on eBay because I just get cross yeah. when I get out. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> oh, so irritating, but anyway. Not the point. Not the point at all. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but that, no, that's all I'll actually have to have a look for them now. I'm not sending more money. Oh, well. Yeah, but that's. We've got off track again, but I think it's an excellent idea. What? It's <laughs> a surprise. Um, <laughs> but, you yeah, know, that, that is a good idea. Even if... See, now, I don't want this to happen with Martha, but even if they brought back, like, an older companion to... Ki- I don't want them to bring him back just to kill him off, but that would be a real drastic change. I think, like, you've you've brought it up a couple of times on yours about bringing um, Susan back and then having a regeneration. So I think something along the, along those lines. Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to, well, I, I mentioned it when you guys were on our yeah. podcast, but uh, I, yeah, I wanted to kind of re, refine what I, what I tweeted to you on that one. I don't think the character needs it. I don't want like a Susan, like a 14 year old Susan running around no. on the show or a, a younger person. I just think for Carol Ann Ford being such a champion of the show, and still watching it and talking about it in interviews and such, I think it'd just be great for her to get some closure. First of all, even if she doesn't, just bring bring her back. Yes. Put her on the show as Susan in some capacity, and then just let her regenerate. You don't have to show who she regenerates into. She doesn't have to have any stories beyond that. Just, like, have do like they did with the War Doctor, where you don't really see Christopher Eccleston, and then just cut away, or something. Because she deserves it. She does. She does. That would be... Now, part of me wants them to do, like, adapt Big Finish stories where she's in, but that... You'd have to change them so much it wouldn't quite work. Because they... Um, I mean, they could always just do it and bring Paul McGann back and then just do it that way. But, you know, let's see what happens. Um... <laughs> yeah, you could do a Paul McGann and older Susan... Like, miniseries, yeah. ...story. Why not? Oh, well. Well, I know why not. It's millions and millions of pounds. Yeah. I mean, Paul McGann looks the same as he did when he did the TV movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've just realised we haven't done any of the tweets apart from that one from James. Um, <laughs> oh, me and you have both... You've probably just seen it. been tagged by Neither Time Nor The Space. Us and you. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you read James's tweet there. And we all know James doesn't actually write those. Matt yeah. from Neither the Time Nor the Space does. Give him, give so, him the credit, uh, as I forgot to. Let's give credit to where it's due. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, who else have we got? Uh, so we've got, oh, so got, a couple of, got a couple of new ones as well. Uh, yeah, so we've got one from Big Finish Listener, who very, like, not always, but almost always tweets. Um... Uh, I love Martha, probably my favourite new Who companion and so underrated, I do I agree with that to be fair uh, love that she bridges the gap between shows um, appearing on Torchwood and then returning to the main show a few times 
would love more with Big Finish. Now, I agree with all of that. It's like you said, Jake, having her appear in other shows works really well. Just wish she could have been on Sarah Jane. But, yeah, definitely more Big Finish from her because she's done a single story and there is another Martha story in one of the, like, box sets yeah. they did. So that would be cool. Or bring her bring her onto one of those shows and have a story actually be about Martha <laughs> and not just have Martha... Turn up. Just, yeah, just spouting exposition because they need someone to do it. Oh, I don't know. It's... That would be cool. Even thing is, now I want to see her with Jodie because she, I think she's like Jack. Would she would just roll with it? She, okay, carry on with whatever adventure we're currently having. Yeah, that'd definitely. Be, that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, we got our two new ones. Actually, we got um, Andrew Marsden uh, at Life on Marsden. Uh, loved Martha. Such a pity she was written to pine after the Doctor. Had more than enough of that with Rose in series two. That side she was great, or uh, all helped by Freeman's wonderful natural performance. I mean, that's fair. I do think she's got, like we've had the whole hours long discussion, she is more than just pining after the Doctor, but that's what I mean. If, if I'm not saying he is a casual viewer at all, but if you are a casual viewer, or if you haven't revisited it that often, I think you do get the idea that that is what she does, but she does far more than that. Um, and our other new one... Um, at Lady A Lover nine five so Davina uh, best companion of New Who, and then just says they will fight anyone who disagrees, which is fair. I think she is incredible that, and she gets overshadowed. She's definitely <laughs> the one who gets overshadowed in RTD, and then I'll fight on Davina's side. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely fair enough. Why not? Um, but yeah, but we didn't have many for today. But that's, I I agree with that. It's. I think she's controversial. I think I don't think people dislike her as much as it sometimes comes across, um, but I don't think people like her as much as I do, which is fine. Uh, but I do want to ask you guys: What do you think of Freema as an actor? Because she, you know, you do hear podcasts and see tweets saying that she's just kind of wooden and not very good, and I obviously don't agree. I really liked. I think is I haven't seen her in much other than Doctor Who. I don't know what you've seen, Leo. Yeah, same, really. This distinctly remi- reminds me of a conversation I had with my brother the other day that has absolutely nothing to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> Never stopped us before. I was read- I would no, I was. Uh, I was reading a review of some episode of something, and someone <laughs> someone said that. I was just th- I was I wasn't very amused and I was threatening to fight them which was quite funny and Nick was like calm down I was like I'm d- 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 <laughs> get really angry but I think of all the things oh, you could say about Freema saying she's wooden wouldn't be one of them that's a bit no that's, I don't get that really but... no <sighs> I'm not entirely sure I've seen um, her in anything she, I mean, I'm trying to think what I've seen her in have seen like well, Which I've seen like no, yes. snippets of. Yeah. I've seen that. And I've seen her in Torchwood, but have I seen her in anything else? Ooh. I know she's in um, a oh. few other things. Well, she's in, was it Sensei? She's in, is that a hospital thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's New oh. Amsterdam. It's a big American network show. So, you know, like 22 episodes a year, hour long medical yeah. drama. So I'm happy she's getting paid because those. Those network hour dramas, those actors make a lot of money. Um, 
and I've seen the first two, and she's she starts out anyway as like the face of the company because it's a public hospital that requires like donations for funding. Okay, and she like she goes on like Fox News and Good Morning America and runs. So she's like she's on the news talking about the hospital because she's smart and pretty and British. And so they put her forward to do all that. And she hasn't actually practiced medicine in a while because she's, this is now her function and she really likes it and is good at it. And then I think I talked to a friend just yesterday, we were out golfing and he has watched it and he says, she, you know, goes back to being a doctor properly. She's an, uh, a cancer doctor, um, an oncologist. Is that what they're called? And, uh, and she she gets a lot of character growth throughout that first season, and she's kind of like the main character's conscience, conscience through the first season. Like he goes to her when he just needs someone to listen, okay. or if he wants advice. And they're kind of like two broken characters that kind of help each other out. Um, but I, I saw those first two. I thought she was great. I just really hate the guy that plays the main character. So I, I don't really like <laughs> watching enough. it. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to watch it purely because I know she's in it. I I was going to say, I, if she's just she doesn't put on an action, she's just doing British. Fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely, I've watched a lot of Law and Order UK, but I've got a feeling I've watched it when she's not been in it. Um, I've seen the episode that's her episode, because there's a sexual assault episode in which she gets assaulted. I've seen that one and she's excellent oh, no. in that. But other than that, it's only who I've seen her. But yeah, she's not wooden at all. But she's not like overblown, massive statements of emotion, like bursting into tears every so often or whatever. But that's not, that's not like, it's not, you don't get wooden acting and over, you get, she's somewhere in the middle of being able to do whatever she needs to do. She's stoic. She's, she, her character isn't one to burst into tears at, and she does, you know, roll a tear here and there, like a very subtle emotional response. But she also, like, she doesn't get, like, the big speech that some other characters end up getting. Um, but she does just, like, function as that character extremely well. Yeah. I mean, it's almost subtle moment. There's the bit at the end of um, Gridlock when she forces the Doctor to sit there and talk about Gallifrey and talk about what's on his mind. Um and I mean, it, it cuts to David and it cuts away, but you can see her in that moment being like, it's a cross between her being, no, you are going to tell me and being really gentle and being what he needs at the time. So I think that's a really good moment to point out that like, no, she isn't wooden. She can do this really subtle piece of acting. Even in that same episode, when they sing the song, the old wooden cross, is that what it is? Yeah. And, uh, she the other two in the car with her are extremely emotional because they've been dealing with this their entire lives and martha just kind of can't help herself but she starts getting emotional too but it's done really well whereas donna would have been there'd be like snot all over the place (laughs) she would have been a disaster yeah Uh, which is great i mean i love uh i love donna but uh She's just a she's just different. She handles emotions yeah. differently. I mean, that does remind me of the song of freedom scene in Planet of the Youth, where you told Donna's like, "I don't want to listen anymore. Turn it off." She'd just be sitting in that car, going, "Turn it off, turn it off." <laughs> in in that scene, when it starts, she's already crying because it's clearly not the first take, yeah. and that 
and her Catherine Tate's eyes are still wet and she just you just know what's happening because she's so good at absolutely bawling her eyes out (laughs) that it's impossible for her to turn it off to like reset and do the next day oh yeah this I'm just I just realized we haven't touched upon it at all well a little bit um the whole end of series three with Martha gets her own story putting aside the fact that like every RTD series that has a little bit of the deus ex machina about it. What do you think about that? Like, I know it's only an episode's worth of storyline, but that storyline she gets where she is... I love the bit where... I love all of it, but I love the whole manipulation of, here's what I'm doing, and then here's what I'm actually doing. Um, But yeah, Yeah. what do you think about that? Because we haven't really touched upon it. I dislike it less than a lot of people do um people really get mad about that like um you know wiring into the archangel network but i actually really like that as a science fiction device because it was introduced earlier like it's the reason the master was able to use his psychic energy to hypnotize the world into voting for him or the world the country um and so expanding on that to use it in the function it's intended for makes absolute sense. And, you know, having the doctor spend a year like wiring himself into it somehow isn't the craziest thing we've ever seen a Time Lord be able to do out of nowhere. No. Well, that's fair enough. So I'm down. Yeah. I like it. And I, I would I would gladly I, I thought there was a book or a big finish about or that takes place during that Give year. Give me a second, I've got it. <laughs> oh, looks like you're about to get one. I've got a lot of Who novels. Um, I mean, I, I counted them the other day. I've got over a thousand books on my bookshelves, but a lot of them are Who novels. Uh, there you go. It's that one. It's a, it's literally called The Story of Martha. It's, oh, yep. Yeah, I've yeah, definitely it's heard good. of that. Oh, that's it's, a thick yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's, it's... I think it's got four in it, because it's got like... um. One, two, oh, is it like a bunch three. of short stories? Yeah. Two, three, four. So it's four. It's four short stories in it, and then like an overarching narrative of her. So yeah. you've got the her walking the earth bit, and then there's like, you know how you know how in the episode, there's the scene of her on the stairs talking to the the people in the house, and going, here's what I've done. Mm-hmm. That's what you get is the here are the stories she told people, and then here's what she did. It's a really. I was wanting to oh. read it before um, before we recorded, but I didn't get a chance. I read the Simon Gurrier one instead, which was excellent, and I hadn't read it before. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would recommend that one if you wanna you wanna yeah. like go into what actually happened. It's really interesting. But I would have been happy with an episode in between the two parter yeah. of just her, like as Doctor Light as it could get. He doesn't need to be in it at all, and I'd I'd have thought that would have been. Fun. Probably would have been pricey if we're looking at her being the last person to escape Japan yeah, and stuff that's, like that. that is, <laughs> yeah, just like explosions and a lot. Yeah, it's. But that is a good idea. I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to see that. But yeah, I, I have you seen the the, the master three parter at the end? They all. Uh, was it Utopia? Sound of Drums <laughs> and Loud of the Time Lords. It's the Derek Jacobi to John Sim. Uh, I've seen Utopia, hmm. 
I mean, I might have seen the other two when they aired originally, but I haven't seen them since then. I meant to, and I've never got round to no, that's it. Fair enough. I mean, having said that, her scenes with Derek Jacobi are brilliant because he plays. The, oh, I mean, it's Derek Jacobi. I don't need to wax lyrical about him. He's amazing. Oh but... yes. <laughs> oh, is yeah, he good? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Tiny detour again. Have you heard his big finish set, Jake? Any of them? No, nope, right. I haven't done any. I've I've only done a few things outside of the main range. I've only done like the first yeah. seventy five of the I'm main on range. Twenty summer because I keep dipping in and out the, uh, the later ones. <laughs> I would recommend them. Well, I've got this dumb nerd brain that makes me want to do things oh, in order, and yeah. I'm really trying to fight I'm against it. I'm doing them all in order. I just then oh I, I've listened to that one. I'll now go and do all of these new Paul McGann ones. I've got all of the Derek <laughs> Jacoby ones. If you wanted to like wanted me to send them over, I'm happy to. They are there's a I don't want to spoil it. Uh, five, I think. I think it's number five. That's got a twist in it, which is amazing. But, yeah, but he's brilliant. But that scene with the the fob watch, and she knows of the significance of it, and you can just see it in her face, the, like the realization and the like, sort of. This could be a good thing. I I don't know, but it's the that's t- few moments between them where she's trying to convince him nothing's wrong, while obviously something's happening that i really like that little scene because it's the few chance you get of like yeah she knows something and is trying to keep it secret as opposed to trying to just you know it's similar to the family of blood surprisingly enough where she's like i can't tell anyone this thing but i need to yeah for for me like i had no frame of reference when i watched that episode i i didn't know who the master was or anything like that um, I think series three was the first one that I would have been like illegally downloading <laughs> because I had, I had discovered Dr. Who when the second series came out on DVD yeah. and I, this is back kids when, uh, Netflix, Netflix used to mail you discs in I the mean, mail. I mean, I did the same. I did the same. It's so, so something I watched had Dr. Who recommended to me and I, I got like the first disc and I was into it. So I got all the rest. So then after series two, when Rose left, I was like, well, what's going on now? And here, I think they they were on a network. I think it was sci-fi mm-hmm. at the time. And then before BBC America was really a thing. And but they would air six months Oof. later after they aired Fair in the enough. UK. Yeah. And it wasn't until Matt Smith's first season that they started airing day and date. Mm-hmm. And so they really didn't give us any choice but to steal them off the internet. I mean, I can't really blame you for that. It'd be very hypocritical of me to say I've never done anything like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. That's it's. <sighs> but I, but the whole point of that is, I was still like when he flipped over that watch, and you see, you you're realizing it at the same time Martha is because they introduced that however many episodes ago that was, and it was like, oh man. I don't know what this means, but I know it's a big deal. <laughs> and, you know, Murray Gold's music kicks in and it all goes insane for the next five minutes. And they're like, okay, I have absolutely no idea what any of that meant, but I am ready the for next me- week. Well, Lily, you especially, you would have recognized, because there's that, that clip where they play, is it just Delgado or is it Delgado and Ainley? They, they play the master voices. You would have recognized that. I clicked what yeah. it meant. When you watched it, did you did you think oh this is going to be like the villain this is going to be did you did you think it was going to be like the bad guy or did you have any idea what it was going to be in that few minutes before they realised? Uh, in all honesty, 
I don't remember the first time because the last time I yeah. watched it, I already knew he was the master. Um, so to be honest, no. I couldn't. I couldn't tell I you. Mean, I that's don't fine. Well, yeah, it's you're both a, a lot time. younger than I am, so you were a child when this happened. I, w- I was in college. I mean, same question to you, really, Jake. When that happened, when they like did the shot of the fob watch, and you, you knew what it meant, did you go, "Okay, this is the villain of the"? Or did you just did you have any idea? Like, did you think oh, I was going to be like a good guy, or did you have anything like that? No, I think I knew it was a villain yeah. pretty, pretty straight away. I think because the first time he's kind of tipped off, and you start hearing those voices in his head, is when Martha says the word mm-hmm. TARDIS. And I think at this point you're already kind of skeptical of, you know, the villains trying to get the TARDIS. And when when that's the trigger word for him, I was like, all right, something shady is going on. And up until that point, it was all just so nice. Yeah. Like Jack and the Doctor are in that radiation room just having a wonderful conversation. And I was just, everything's just going so great. Like, obviously, whatever happens next is going to be awful. Yeah. It's just... I. I don't think I don't again. I don't want to spoil it. There's a couple of episodes of the Derek Jacobi Big Finish, which he plays that sort of like kindly old man, which he does really, really well anyway. Oh, it's like uh, but it's it's like yeah. A mask. But the thing is, when he plays Yana, it's 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 he is a good human. He's a good he's a good person. But when you know it's the master pretending to be, you can you can hear the undercurrent of like, I'm actually just going to rip you to pieces in a minute. I uh, mean, that, spoilers, there is an that's... episode in which he does rip people to pieces and it's properly horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little bit reminiscent of... As, have you guys heard Jeffrey Beaver's yes. audio, that's I Am The creepy. Master? I'm pretty sure there's bit there's bits in that where he's like talking about something and then suddenly he's like really really <laughs> savage and nasty. Oh, that, <laughs> that kind of just that's, reminded me of that. He's an excellent master. That trope as well, is one yeah. of my favorite things. Like to see an actor who's really good at it do. I don't know if you guys ever watched um, Orphan Black, mm. which was a show on BBC America. It's on my list. <laughs> but uh, talk- it's it's good. It's it's not great, mm. but it's pretty good. Um, but Tatiana Maslany, like, managed to have such a performance that she was, like, Emmy and Golden Globe nominated for a show that had, like, minuscule viewership that BBC America was just continuing because of the critical attention she got. And now she's going to be She-Hulk. But uh, in that, she plays, like, five or six different characters, Mm -hmm. and they're all clones of each other. And sometimes she has to play one of them pretending to be another one of them. Right. And that's when you can see how good she is because there's little differences mm. in how she's playing it because she is a different person being that character. And it's absolutely amazing. I recommend the show just for that. I, I, I've been meaning to check just, that out. Just for I, her, I, really. I will have to watch it. Again, I don't want to spoil it because it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things I've ever heard in Big Finish. I will send you the box set at some point. Um but th- that sort of trope, I don't want to spoil it. That's in um, the... the spoil No, it. because if people haven't heard it, they are going to hate me for it. <laughs> I mean, it's the sort of thing you look at the cover of it, when you know the twist, it's staring you, it's literally staring you in the face. Uh. But I don't want to spoil it. But that I think it's the fifth box set. He plays, when you figure out what's going on, it's so... And like If you've been listening to him, it makes perfect sense. But he plays like several different takes on the character 
It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, anyway, we're not even talking about Martha this, but we're just talking about Derek Jacobi. The... <laughs> no, that's what this is about, right? It's our Derek Obviously. Jacobi and Tatiana Maslany podcast. <sighs> yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, see, now... Yeah, fair. Definitely. Um, what, what was I going to say? There was something else I was going to touch upon, and I can't remember what it was. Um... Oh, I don't know. Never mind. There was... Oh, no, it's gone. It can't have been that important, surely. Um, but that's the thing. It's um, it's hard to talk about her character, trying to get back on point, without talking about all the other characters that she interacts with. Not just like her family, and not right. just like the Doctor or the Master or anyone like that. But that's the point, I think, of the companion, is they very often... The whole point is it is they do touch so many people. Very, very rarely do you have a companion who is... I mean... Not that I've seen a lot of his, but, like, Turlow is quite surly. And, like, but he, even then, you still get... You, you don't get any companions, really, who are so closed off that they don't have an effect on somebody else or vice versa. I think that's just Matt Stricker. I think that's just how he is. <laughs> That's that's fine. That's fair. No, I mean T- Turlo's <laughs> quite interesting in a sense that he started out yeah. as the um, what's the opposite of protagonist? Antagonist. Um, antagonist. Antagonist. Like, kind of. Starts yeah. out as a kind of antagonist to the Doctor because obviously, well, uh, am I allowed to say this? I don't know. I mean. We're going to be spoiling it at some point anyway. We might as well. Just well, I was going to say obviously he's trying to kill him, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting dynamic there with a companion. Yeah, I mean, minor spoiler, but we're going to talk about it later on anyway. I'm watching all of the Key to Time, and then I've just bought all of the Black Guardian trilogy. So I'm like, I'm going to see a lot of that character and that influence. So <laughs> it's um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I, I prefer. Mom I, wa- I want that to happen again. Yes. Anyway. My my figures are crossed that um. That Yaz breaks bad and <laughs> tries to kill the doctor. That would be really interesting because people said that last season um, with them um, when she met the master, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, about how they, they wish they, that would happen. That would be cool. They purposely insert like two or three scenes where the where Yaz and the master like exchange looks. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'd love it if they just if they did that this season coming, and it turns out it's still like the master, and it's all been planned, and they just hadn't. Yeah. They deliberately left, like how they yeah. put in the Timeless Child stuff and then never touched it for a season. That'd be really cool. Or like, she was the master the whole time. Uh, I mean, again, spoiling my notes for um, when you get to Fugitive. <laughs> I put That's what I thought. When they when you see Jodie like, digging up the TARDIS, in my head I went, oh, she's going to be another master and we're going to have like another motive. Uh, nope, nope, they've completely, completely just blown our minds. But yeah. <laughs> the opposite. Oh, I should, I need to add this to the notes actually. Two separate people talked to me the week of Fugitive before it aired and said, how cool would it be if this is a multi-Doctor episode? And I was like, how have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, that's, that's not fair. That's crazy. Their telepathy oh, wow. is showing. Yeah? <laughs> but, uh, thing is, that, that would be cool to bring, speaking of like multi-story, bring Martha back for one of the anniversary. Because she's one, like Donna, you could bring her back, but it'd have to be quite, like you'd have to go around the houses to do it. Rose, the same thing. Martha's the one who's open-ended. You could bring her back for anything. Bring her back for an anniversary. Yeah, and I think 
I think from the RTD era, she'd be she'd be the one most likely. I think Billy Piper's kind of said she's done yeah. with any Doctor Who stuff. Um, uh, Catherine Tate, like she just did it because David Tennant's her yeah. best friend. Like it, she probably wouldn't bother coming back for something that he wasn't in. Uh, Martha might. I mean, I know she's really busy right now making that show. Takes a lot of time. That show yeah. she's on. Yeah. But uh, she she could. I. It's kind of weird with all the stuff going on right now uh, surrounding Noel Clark and like the production around that time. Yeah. Some stuff has kind of been surfacing about rumors of her not being treated very well when she was on the show, like kind of being bullied and not by him, but just by the production in general and just kind of how it was a club of people that kind of weren't behaving in the best way. And we know Christopher Eccleston left for that very yeah. reason. Like, he didn't like the way certain members of staff were being treated. And when you hear this Noel Clark stuff come out, it's like, well, now we're kind of seeing some of the yeah. stuff that he might have been talking about. Yeah. I mean, him and John Barrowman don't right. get along, do they? Putting no. it politely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always reminded Ooh, of that Instagram no. post that um, Eccleston put on. Because someone put on something about, like, um, what, I don't know, what it was something on the lines of, um, oh, are you going to be working with John again? And I was like, I know it was, it was like you're nothing like him because you know, yeah I am nothing like that person that's all of her like okay <laughs> fair enough but I mean having said that everything yeah. that's just come out lately was was well known for a while but it's been brought up again that kind of explains it yeah and I don't know if you guys ever listened to Strangers in Space that podcast mm. um, but it's one I've listened to for like 10 some years that uh they started their most recent one talking about that and just kind of postulating and guessing. And, you know, Freema, like we were talking about, had a chance to be a linchpin in the show and possibly come back repeated times. And she left. Like, she went to go to Law & Order UK. She had to have known that doing that would make any Doctor Who stuff not possible anymore. And there were rumors around the time that she left because she wasn't, having a good time just gonna check uh, if i'm right because uh, uh that's not what i wanted was it am i right in thinking that chris chibnall worked on law and order uk i'm pretty certain he did that definitely sounds because if he yeah. did uh yeah he was the showrunner on law and order uk he he could just he could very easily bring her like he must have some sort of working relationship with her on the show he might should still have a little bit of content. He could very yeah. easily, not very easily, but he could bring it back. I mean, well, that explains everything. I think, <laughs> I think if you match up the times, they weren't on the show together. No, possibly not. But I, yeah, but they would definitely know a lot of the same yeah. people, and it, it wouldn't be hard to get her on the phone. I mean, it does explain a lot, given how like you know Bradley Walsh came from that, Jody came from Broadchurch. It's, it works quite nicely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that I kind of want Martha to come. I'm trying to think because. Even say you could bring anyone back, Amy in the in universe couldn't wouldn't really work. Bill wouldn't really work. Clara might work, but possibly not. Martha's probably your safest bet to bring back, other than like Graham and Ryan, and that'd be far far too soon, I think, to bring them back, unless you brought them back for the end of Yaz's arc, I suppose. And even though Freema just had her forty first birthday, yeah. she looks exactly she the same. She could easily play 26. <laughs> no, no problem. I mean, or 
even bring her back and she is in her 40s and while well, I've been doing this freelance yeah. stuff for 20 years and I'm still alive you know yeah but yeah you can do anything with her it's really just a, a matter of getting yeah. her cause she, like she lives in America she's wicked busy yeah. I mean just like I said bring her back for an anniversary bring her back for one special she comes in for a few days of film and then flies back yeah in. Doesn't even need to do it for. Well, that's that's what I've been hoping for for the 60th. If they end up doing anything, oh, I really hope they do. Like, don't, yeah, don't bring back any doctors. Don't bring back the classic people or Tennant or Smith or Capaldi. Mm. Just bang in as many companions as you can. Just open call anyone who wants to show up. We're here for you. We'll write you in. Do it like the five doctors, where yeah. it, story doesn't have to make any sense. Do Just it. bring everyone in. Let's have a whole bunch of dumb fun, and. Oh, I keep looking up. I might, I might be wrong, but it, aren't a lot of them no longer acting? Isn't like Mark Strickson does? Mark Strickson makes documentaries in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, ah. I think another one of them is like an account. Oh, um, oh, who's the one that was an agent? Uh, uh, Janet was. Oh, but we just did yes, that. Janet Fielding. Somebody else was as well. One of the '60s companions. Yeah, she was a voice or a theater agent. One of them discovered Matt Smith, one of the 60s companions. Yeah. I think so. No, no. Maybe. I can't remember. Go go listen to Brothers and <laughs> Who and figure out which one it is, because we definitely talked about her. Um, like a few of them. Yeah, a lot of them no longer act, and they only act in Big Finish. But, yeah, bring them back, even for an episode, just bring them back and just do something with them. I mean, there's... um. Yeah, do that Adam story from that. Oh, that would comic be good. Obviously, he kidnaps make all the... it a different villain. Perhaps. Can't have, can't yeah. have him. Yeah, another not well, good. In that, dude. he's paired with them. Just bring in, do like Sasha and Michelle Gomez. Bring those two back and have all the companions, and maybe have like a couple of doctors show up at the end to like yep. pick up the companions. Sasha. Michelle Gomez and Jacobi. Mandel and Gill as the three masters <laughs> <laughs> and Derek Jacobi. <laughs> I just want more Derek Jacobi, that's all. Just, you know. That's fine. I mean, yeah, that would work. Yeah. You don't have the doctors in it. You don't need to explain how they didn't know he was... That's how they do it, like, spoilers. That's how they do it in big finishes. Oh, they've met and they've forgotten or they've had a mind wipe or they've done something like that every time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how they do it in yeah. the show. They've had so many multi-doctor stories at this point. Oh, just... just Who cares? There's no, no rules. Fine. Like, why Why does Ruth Doctor have a police box service? Come on, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I've not mentioned that in my notes for that because I just know it started a discussion. I have said, ask Terry about the costume. <laughs> but I will always say, ask Terry about the costume. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's coming up because that's one of the best. Oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, it's, that would be cool. Just have... The thing is, Martha could be... Ha- yeah, could be half, I was about to say then. Could have the, the Doctor role in it. Because she is, the, yeah. I think, she is the most doctory, but being her own person, not like Clara did of doing literally everything the doctor did, but like being her own person <laughs> and doing it in her own way, but taking charge. Or you could use her to bring Unit yes, back. Yes, please. <laughs> Definitely. What more like Kate have, have her in uh, Gemma yeah. Redgrave? Is that her name? Have her, the two of them together, uh, just saving the That'd day. That'd be good. That would be yes. good. Yes. You don't even, you need to bring her back out of like freelance and then yes. job, there you go, job's done. 
Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, just throw a line in there about how Mickey died in a horrific fire, <laughs> and then yeah. move on. Oh, there's there's no way from my back. Fine, move on. Okay, cool. That's what you need to do. <laughs> oh dear. No, that I just wanted to come back. Now we've discussed it. I'm like, yeah, bring it back. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well, was there any? I think we just did our rambling chat. Lil hasn't said an awful lot. Was there anything else you wanted to say, Lil? <laughs> no, nah, no. I'm. I don't know really. <laughs> um, um, I think you've mostly pretty much said everything I know about Martha. I'm. She's not a companion I know particularly well. Yeah, I mean, thing. you take the. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know so. that when I picked her. I would have. I would have picked no, someone else. Um, but but no, that's that means that I learn new bits about her because I've seen most of her episodes at least once. Yeah. But I confess I do need to watch them again because I'm like. <laughs> I was surprised by how little Big Finish she's done. I thought she had like a whole box set. Like, that'd be good. Do it. No, do like... a box set set in that year that she was traveling the like they did with the Rose and the Dimension Cannon. That'd be cool. That you would you'd want to do. Yeah, that would be nice and. Clearly, they have writers who have written stories in that area. They could probably take a story or two straight out of that book you've got. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm just looking to see. Oh. Apparently, there was one done. That's. Hmm. Well, and now that Big Finish is experienced in continuing production during lockdown. Hmm. Like, they don't have any geographic restrictions anymore. The fact that Freema lives in America, no big deal. Mm. You, they can still do everything they've always done. Yeah. I don't know. She still does conventions. So you think, uh, you know, I know they don't make a ton yeah. of money doing it, but it's some money. And for what really turns out to be very little work. Uh, I just Googled it and apparently there is... Someone said on it there is a big finish one, and I I think this is one of these fan-made ones. Yeah, um, look, I looked up the list, or you can look up uh, like appearance lists, but on the TARDIS wiki, and there's one yeah. where she's a character, but all the voices are done by one person, and then there's one yes. where it says she's in it, but I think it's just like they take a line from something she did previously. I don't know if she records any anything new for it. Yeah, there's a Martha story in the in the Tenth Doctor Chronicles, but it's it's just Jake Dudman doing voices. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Oh well, well that would be. I I wanted to do like yeah, do a box set like like they got Billy Piper back to do. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's not like Billy Piper's oh, not a busy person. <laughs> it's clearly possible. No. I'm just like you know. Oh well, that that even yeah, like you said, just do it from America because. Even not under lockdown, they they did it. They did it with um, Eric Roberts and a few oh, others. Sure. So, yeah, yeah that's the work. same with my job. Now that they've realized all of us can work from home and still do the same job, they're kind of just letting everyone <laughs> stay at home now. I mean that that'd be nice. I mean I work retail, little YouTube yeah. customer. It's just like yeah, can we just get rid of people and I will be happy <laughs> in my job. Yeah, get rid of the customers. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have the best job in the world if it wasn't for yeah, that. Those, <laughs> those stores Same. are super fun to hang out in when there's no customers around. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just people today. It's like, when's this ready? 
when I when it's done. <laughs> what do you expect me to say? Oh, but, uh, so you okay. need to staff day today because I saw that. Clicked, oh, no. People have clicked their fingers at me. People have shouted at me. It's like it's like if you whistle at me one more time, yeah. one more time, I am not a dog. <laughs> no. I had it yesterday. I was bu- I had something in my hand. I had my card in my hand. I was buying something. I had a joke. Uh, over here. Uh, oh, I'm not working. I'm that. going home. Cr- like, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> oh. I accidentally wore a red shirt to Target one time. I had five people ask me if, where something was. It's like you'll have, you'll have like three hands full of stuff and someone will go, can you take my order please? And you'll go, I'm busy. I'll do it in a minute. And they go, why can't you do it now? It's like, because I've got a handful of food, another handful of food. My hands are burning. That's why. Oh, man. I mean, this, it, the temptation just to throw something. I mean, I work with knives and saw. I shouldn't have the temptation to throw things at Edit this out, Lily. This will be evidence later. <laughs> don't, don't leave this in. But yeah, let's be honest, though. Sometimes you really don't. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. No. Definitely. Anyway, that was definitely nothing to do with the pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, uh, what are we what, doing? The thing is, <laughs> you know, we just turn this into a general discussion now. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so nothing more for you to add. Anything else you, specifically you wanted to talk about, Jake? No. Um, I just love Martha. She was she was yeah. the beginning of like us kind of... It was, it was around that time that we kind of found our voice in our podcast, and it was because we yeah. stopped talking about the episode so much and start just trying to have fun. And sometimes we default back to trying to be like analytical and whatever, and that's mostly my fault. But <laughs> when when the podcast is just us goofing off, that's the whole reason we started doing it. And so that's when that's when it's fun. And it was this time that we figured that out. And so she's always. Very important to us. Yeah, I mean, I that's what you always say when you always say about people going back to the beginning, just go to like series. So I listened to the, from the beginning. I always tell people to listen from the beginning. I just simply remember going to Liverpool to visit my friends at uni, listening to, I think I did, your reactions to New Earth and Tooth and Claw on the way up and sitting in the room, waiting for them to be ready and listening to your reaction to School Reunion. So like I really, I did it from the beginning, and your in your podcast is like great from the beginning, even though you don't say so. Um, but yeah, I know what you well, mean. You're very kind to say so. It's true. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, it's, and this is not me criticizing at all. You, it's a very different feel now to your first few episodes. Oh, yeah. um, but even so. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard Jake's podcast, listen to it all from the beginning. Um, <laughs> MarriedToWho.com. <laughs> it's worth it. It is worth it, yeah. I've I've told like one of my friends I'm trying to get to watch Doctor Who, who has agreed to watch it, I've now said, because they, they see me making notes at work for you, for your podcast. Um, and like, oh, what, like, can I read them? Like, no, you can't read them. They've got, especially not when I was doing Fugitive, it's like, no, you cannot <laughs> read them. Um, but... They, I've agreed that they they can read my notes for the ones when like but given I only started contributing to yours in like I think it was I think it was Day of the Doctor. Oh yeah. yeah. So I thought like all right, we'll listen to to these while we get up to that point. So you know we'll you'll have one more who will still be listening on my account. But there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 
it's I'm just going to repeat it again. Listen to Married to Who. Um, it's it's worth it on several well, levels. To, to the um, point of why it's yeah. different. This like what you guys are doing is what I wanted to do. Like I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to have like a real thoughtful discussion about plot and writing and acting. And the four morons that I picked to do a podcast with are not interested in that at all. <laughs> so if we're going to get them to talk for a whole hour, hour and a half, we have to just be goofy. And that's okay, that's what it that ended up fair. being. It's absolutely fair. I was just like, I, I didn't at all steal your ideas and have an extra few segments like a quiz and, <laughs> you know. Other, but, yeah, I, oh, I'm genuinely I'm really enjoying that because it made me feel a little bit not sad in a bad way, but like, I d- don't know if this is a good thing of me driving home, listening to your most recent one going, I've known all of the answers within about three seconds of you saying <laughs> the questions. <laughs> yeah. And we, we ran out of Trivial Pursuit questions. So now I'm making up the questions on my own and I'm trying not to make them too hard because they've all watched every episode one time. And some of them were years ago. And apart from us talking about it, we don't really get into it again. I mean, these will not apply for you because you've not done them. But I've got the original Target quiz books. Oh, boy. Um, you can get modern Who quiz books. Yeah, I I've Googled them and looked at them. them. But I don't know how. They're yeah, I don't know how helpful For they are. these five people that I do the podcast with, it, they're all way too hard. <laughs> like, they would, <laughs> they would not get it. So I, oh, I've gotten to the point of asking them, like, hey, this thing happens in this episode here's what the episode's called here's the plot name the thing that happens <laughs> like it's we're really dumbing it down <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna remember what it is but whatever the question was last time i can't remember what he said but terry said something and i was just that i was laughing because it's it was it was a fair point he made but i'm just like you've either not been paying any attention or you're very forgetful he's he's very forgetful <laughs> he just, just makes something yeah. up he's yeah. In the best There's way. There's something he says in the one we just recorded on Wednesday that made all of us stop and just break down in laughter just from him misspeaking. And we would not allow him <laughs> to finish his thought or anything. And we just had to make fun of him for 20, 25 minutes. I mean, fair enough. I am going to start writing like tatters instead of telling. Please, please and do. And just see what please happens. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, if... um. Other than the fact that we all, you know, everyone should watch them. Oh, that's something that I forgot. We started this podcast going, we're going to end it with recommending episodes. We've not done that for a few episodes now. What episodes do you think people should watch? If they haven't watched any Martha before, what, like, two or three or, like, four are the ones you have to watch to get a feel for her like or as many as you want really but just don't say all the season <laughs> <laughs> well i think the most obvious one is um family of blood human nature yeah it's you know the doctor as the doctor isn't really in it so it's mostly her carrying the narrative and it's it kind of it highlights where her character goes um as far as like her ability to exist in this life of time travel and exploring and just kind of deal because it is kind of thrust upon her with no real consideration for her at all. It's just, this is all that's going to happen. Here's your job. See you in two months. Peace. And then she's got to deal with it in a time and a place, which is really 
difficult to deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the one that came yeah, to mind. Yeah, me a, too. I'm just... The thing is, you've got that run... Like, she's great in Gridlock, but it's yeah. not a very Martha-centric episode. Um, I would probably say Smith and Jones, so you get her introduction. Yep. And she is great in it. Um, Which I is. think everyone is in their she introduction. Is. It's kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, Family of Bloods. I mean, given how many people like rave about Blink, it's a good episode, but it's not a good episode to get a feel for the show because right. oh yeah, neither of the main characters. People are that in say it. like, "What should I show my friend if they've never seen Doctor Who?" People who say Blink are just wasting your time. Don't, Don't talk to those people. They're not yeah. your friend. Uh, and um, I I would say it's not a great story, but the Dalek two-parter so you... isn't. It, it, it's not terrible if you're just watching Martha. Like her story in that is actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's a good. I, like forty-two is it's decent, but it's not the best one. I like forty-two more than most people do. Yeah, I, oh, I, I really like it, but it's not like a particularly vital episode, really. Right. At least in my point of view, at least. Um, then the finale, I think, really, because... Well, what have we got? 42... <laughs> you, pretty much the whole season. Really you episode, just... but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blink, we're not going to count because she's not in it. Um, and watch the first Shakespeare 10 minutes Code, of the Centauran really. Stratagem, or whatever the first one's called. Yeah, the one she's actually Martha. Yeah, because yeah. she's pretty cool. <laughs> when she's Martha. Yeah, um, I mean she's good in Stolen Earth and Journey's End, but she's not in it for that long. Right, and I don't like actually. If you take her up to scenes, we out, didn't really get into it. Um, but I don't really like her in that one either. I don't think it fits her character. I don't think she ever would have entertained the idea of the Osterhagen key. No, I mean it's a. It does come out of nowhere. And I was like, I think, like, Torchwood level Jack may have done oh, it. Oh, definitely. But no, yeah, he's the only one out of a lot of them, I think, who would possibly have thought about doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, what we, we did, we have talked about it. What do you actually think of the ending she gets, other than the fact it is, like, just pairing her off with the only other person who's got her, who hasn't got a definitive mm. ending? Do you think, like, it's... No, it's terrible. It's uh, yeah. It's not particularly earned. No, it's just a way to show all the companions, which is fine. But like, is that what we wanted for Martha? Is her running around <laughs> shooting guns? Like the reason we like her is because she's smart and a scientist. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I mean, show her doing something like that, but show her doing it in the way she would do it. I yeah, think. have that same scene and have Mickey being shot at and have her knock this entire in the in the back of the head. And then have the doctor be like, I don't know, somewhere off, waving. <laughs> yeah, just a little round of applause. Just, yeah, well done. I don't need to be here. Um, Big thumbs up. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the sad wave, just like, yep, you did well. I'm off. Um, yeah. Well, then, really, if we haven't got too much, just the fact that she is a brilliant, brilliant companion. And um, I think she is underrated when compared to other people. But I think she is pretty well loved as well um but yeah i think that's much if i've got to say as well and then um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Lily, um, you're going to have to edit this down to like 45 minutes. <laughs> um, I'll try. <laughs> I mean, I knew this was going to happen. We, we, not that it's out yet. We came on yours. Half an hour became two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> we still haven't even recorded two hours. the podcast that's supposed to come out before that one. So it's it's a little ways out yet, oh, well. but yeah, editing that's gonna be it'll be fine. It's gonna take a few weeks. Yeah, that'll be alright. Oh, I don't know whether you saw or not, but I tweeted about uh, our mystery guest having chosen us, and um, neither the time nor the space tweeted about how much of a like good mystery this is. And I was <laughs> like, I mean, you, surely by this point. You must. I, I felt like because he put a thing on about line of duty, which I don't know how big it is in in America or not, but I I felt like putting a load of acronyms, including like MTW. But I thought that's too obvious. I'll just like <laughs> announce it when we announce it. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool. But yeah, um, that's really all I've. That's most of what I had written down. So we've covered everything. I think. I did say at the beginning, or a bit earlier on, that the prize, getting into a bit of housekeeping, is going to be a download copy of Dissected, which, as we've all discussed first thing, is a really, really, really good um, story. You have to go into it thinking, I mean, thinking about the the time period it's set in, otherwise you do get the feeling of, she's a bit fed up. And if you're one of those people that doesn't listen to the interviews afterwards... Don't be like that. Listen to them. They're great, yeah. and they make the episode better. It's worth it. Um, like always, I will tweet out the questions, which I haven't written yet, unusually. Um, on Wednesday, I'm working all week this week, so it's going to be a bit of a putting out when I can, but I'll do my best. Um, but yeah, not going to reveal what we're doing next time yet, but um, yeah, just thanks for listening thanks for coming on jake thanks for picking martha um because i'm not sure how quickly we would have got onto her if you hadn't mm-hmm. thanks um, for having me but yeah thanks for no very welcome um i think we had a handful of people who we want on and you were the first name that we that we thought of so we're happy to have you on um for the final time of the actual podcast if you haven't listened to married to who go and find them and listen to them um, if you don't fancy going on the website listen to what's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and then go back to the beginning because it'll be worth it um, but yeah what I don't say which apparently I have to <laughs> because of all the other people who do podcasts is the whole you know rate us and review like share and do subscribe do that if you feel like it yeah, we yeah. don't, yeah, we don't do ever say anything. Like yeah, it. please, I'm not, please don't tell us you hate I'm not, I'm not bothered if you, you know, if you like us, brilliant. Let us know. If, if you don't, I'd rather you not leave a bad review. Um, do it if you feel like doing it. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the next one we'll be doing is back to classic who, and the first proper. Uh, I mean, it is. It's the first proper story arc. We'll be doing the first, and only the first, uh, incarnation of Romana, because she's so different to Romana 2. So if you have seen The Key to Time, or listened to any of the big finishes, let us know what you think. I'll be putting a tweet out on uh, when this comes out about her. And hopefully by that point, I'll have actually watched all I need to, and got through the entire series of 
Tom Baker big finishes. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. And that'll be what we're doing next time. But for now, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Waving, you can't see me. Ha, 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 ha.